0: Today, in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes.
1: And you contact them. So if I wanted to, is all they're doing is you're just being seen, so you want to be around others. And those are the three decisions. There's nothing wrong with applying to openings. There's nothing. Understanding the stuff about marking yourself will change your career if you, you just have to think about it. Wow. And how did I learn this? I learned this because this is how I make a living. So you. I don't make money if people don't get jobs. So I have to do effective marketing. Can okay, I face challenges of finding mentorship? And then my desire practice What strategies do you recommend for attorneys seeking mentorship and how can such mentorships contribute to long-term career success? Okay. In order to find someone to mentor you, but you have to find someone that you can work with that will do that for you. So you need a mentor, which is actually very important. How important are mentors? I remember talking to this guy that uh, didn't make partner at this law firm or, did, or left before he could be considered to be partnered and went and started his own firm. And And I said to him, why, why didn't you think you were going partners? I didn't have any mentors or people that I thought would have my back when the time came. So that's interesting. He didn't have any someone to support him. So everyone having a mentor is incredibly important. Frankly, when I went to law school and I went to college and I had mentors that helped me go to the schools I wanted to. So everyone, if you if you get a mentor, can be incredibly helpful. But you want to get a mentor in your practice area. So all you do is you find people that do the work and you explain to them how much you want to do the work and, and you contact them. So if I wanted to, and again, I hate to keep coming back to this, but this is just so ridiculous. So I wanted to be a real estate attorney in an Tallahassee, right. So here's a law firm, right here. Gray Robinson. Let's see website. And then I don't even know who these people are. If there's even a directory of these attorneys, I don't quite understand what's going on. Oh, attorneys. Okay. So look at all these people here. There's Lucia, and there's there's a senior associates. Are there? Oh, she's a shareholder. So I might go and message her and say. Hi, Valerie. I would, I'm would i very interested in uh, this. She does food law. Very interesting. I'm very interested in food law. Could I come in for, would it, I, I understand you may not have any openings, could I come in for an informational interview, like one thing? Or could I, would you, I'm very interested in, would it be possible to come in and watch and volunteer to work or for very little money for you or something like that if you were new? But that's how you did it. Now, this is just one attorney in Tallahassee. There are tons of people that you can do that. So if you reach out to people for help or say, I'm wondering if you can help me and point me in the right direction, which be, do you know of any uh, ways I can looking to try to get experience doing this, that and that. That's how you would do it. You will go to if there's any groups, bar associations related to it or that sort of thing. Sometimes like in California, they have mentors in different practice areas. They can help new attorneys, not always, but sometimes they do. So that's what I would do. But in order to get a mentor, you have to have something to offer them. You have to tell them, can I help cost? Can I, whatever it is you want to do, but you have to be able to find people that way. And people, by the way, if you just say, hey, I want to work for you, that can work. You can call someone and say, I'm calling you about this. I'd really like to work with you. Or you could basically... Uh, message them and say, I'm really trying to uh, uh, get experience in this area of law. Would it be possible for me to um, come in and ask you a few questions and do an informational interview? People like that, by the way. Like people feel flattered when someone else wants to do the same kind of work that they do. Uh, So that's another example. That's something, by the way, that hardly uh, anyone does. Uh, But again, that goes back to effective marketing versus ineffective. So ineffective is when you just apply to all these places that are on Indeed or LinkedIn or whatever. You're only applying to job openings. You're marketing yourself in areas that don't have a lot of demand. You just, and effective is doing this. And also I would say connecting, connecting with individuals, and with individual doing what you want, doing what you do. So all of that um, can be much more, you you have to connections and that sort of thing are much more important. And then finding a hungry market hungry market and not a market not a not a not one that is stuff people like all right so i hope that helps that's a a long-winded way of saying you have to find you have to go some some place where again the other thing i would also say is you have to go to a market where there's people like you you have to try to do things that way too actually Chris, these questions. I didn't know if there were going to be a lot of questions to us today, just because of the subject matter. Um, networking has played a critical role in my legal journey, but I wondered how to leverage it more strategically. What networking strategies do you advise for attorneys looking to build lasting professional relationships that can fuel their careers or businesses? Okay, so that's great. There's a lot of people that that are very good at networking, and there's also some. Networking tools that I think are very good and things you can do to make you much more effective. Networking in terms of others, networking is not networking is is really that's a networking that is effective. Most effective is being able to um, to go out and help people. And what does that mean? That means the most the most successful attorneys that I know that have a lot of business and I know a lot of them are in. There's different types of people with a lot of business, but for the most part, attorneys that are able to get a lot of business do a couple of things very well. One of the things that they do is they find people that could use their service that are inside of companies or whatever, or entrepreneurs, and they start just contacting them, being nice to them, offering them things for free, being a source of their information, just being nice. And maybe if they get in trouble or something, helping them out with something and never asking for anything in return. But just doing those things. So that's, it's also what a lot of people do that people are, jo- people join all of these different associations, like trying Children's Hospital, uh, Ronald McDonald's House, like all these things. And all they're doing really is giving their time for free. But then also at the same time, they're networking. So, you, in order to network, uh, what that means is that means uh, just meeting with people, helping people with things, and um, being a source of information. I will never forget. When I was practicing law, I was on this case with this attorney. And he was at a different firm that was at Morgan Lewis. Yes, and and he was very interested. So it was a class action case, and there were there were numbers huge, and there were probably thirty or forty different law firms involved. And this guy, and again, we're talking about there was like Lake and Scadab and all these big firms involved. This guy would continually find little nuggets little articles and things were written about this practice area and our things going on and, and things related to our case it would go and he would photocopy all of these couple articles and and different developments and then send it out mail it out to everyone he would mail it and to everyone all the attorneys around his case and I'll never forget that cuz no one else did anything. he was just putting his name out there and I remembered him I remembered him years later so most people don't do things like that. Most people don't offer information or offer help. Everyone wants to offer something expecting something in return, which is very dumb. They they most people that could pro quo and the people that get ahead and network effectively are the people that always are able to be seen as giving something for nothing, giving something for free, being a source of positive information and also just being nice. It's, and then a couple of things with networking. So there's a lot of very famous networkers. Bill Clinton uh, was a good networker. There was also I talked about Henry Kissinger, incredible uh, networker. And there's a lot of very good uh, networkers out there. So Bill Clinton uh, would uh, kept note cards of everyone he knew, of everyone he met, of everyone he met, and and he could see someone years later, meaning 20 years later, and he would ask, "How is your child?" Even though I haven't seen He'd only met them once and he would keep those and then he would study them and remember things about people, everyone he met, and that was just kind of how he did things. And that actually, that's a form of networking. And then he would be able to reach out to those people or, or call them and whatever. Then there's Henry Kissinger. So Henry Kissinger had this ability to, I guess he's 99 years old, so he's still alive, but he had the ability to meet people. And then very quickly ingratiate themselves to them by asking them questions that made them feel important and then good about themselves. And like he wanted to, recipro- wanted to reciprocate, so they would introduce him to very well-known people that were above that. Just a lot of experiences.
0: Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards, because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today.
1: People that network uh, do that effectively. There's also um, a very famous, I've written an article about it, but a way to really get jobs that I think is very effective that people do and also to get business is you write down all of 100 plus people. And then meaning it could be people, parents, but your parents, friends, people you met in law school, met in college, people you met in the past. And, And then after you write down those people, you keep writing down the names of people and you figure out a way to just stay in touch with them. And and be seen. So a lot of what attorneys do, by the way, to get business and to get ahead is all they're doing is they're just being seen. So if they're part of a, go and volunteer to be on the board of a hospital, they're just being seen, if they, if they, they network friends or serve, different people that they know and wish them a happy birthday or that's networking. So all these different things people do um, are networking, but they, they have a system for it. And they continually do that. And networking is more about, it's about making personal connections. And when you make personal connection, that's what everyone needs. Everyone needs a connection and wants to feel as if they're around, they're, like there's some sort of connection uh, with people. And that's what networking is. It makes people feel important uh, when others uh, care about them. And, and that's one of the more important things about how that works. Okay. Yeah. So networking, there's a lot to networking. And I want to, and this is, there's been, this is a kind of a long answer to your question. But the big thing that I would say about networking is it's about making personal connections. Very few people get personal connections in their lives. And the more you're able to get, give people a personal connection, the better off you're going to be. Meaning you show some concern for them or you, you show that they're interesting or you notice something that they're doing right and you tell them that. Uh, because very few people um, are able to do that, and you might just say to someone like, "You're the only person uh, that I know that takes this particular type of work so serious." Just little things that are honest that don't seem like you're trying to fill people up in a different way than you should. Someone asks, if the "Birds okay? Yeah, birds fine." But these are just a lot of great questions. Let me see if I can get some of the early ones. Let me ask the next question. In terms of the context of treating my career like a small business, what legal technologies and tools do you recommend incorporating to streamline processes, increase efficiency, and ultimately hence the overall proposition I offer to potential employers? Okay. So that's a good question. So in terms of technologies, that's a good question. Technologies you need, you should have some sort of database or way to way to keep track of people people and information so what does that mean that just means that you need to have some way to 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 keep track of people that you've known and so forth in the future you can use linkedin as a database but you need to have some way to do that Uh, that's one of the most important things and then in terms of your value proposition you want to make sure that you stand for something instead of nothing. If you look like you stand for something as opposed to nothing, then that's good. So you stand for one thing, one thing, not many, and, and, and that's it. So what does that mean? That means you say, I'm a, this type of attorney, I'm a product liability attorney that brings suits against toy manufacturers. Something very, very defined is better than something to say, I'm just a products liability attorney I do defensively. If you need to have some sort of value proposition that sticks out, just think again in terms of you when you're buying something, you want to know if you have your choice. If you want to have, if you're in a a food court and you can have Chinese, you can have food from the Middle East, you you can have Indian food, you can have American food. Each of those has a value proposition. The Indian restaurant's not trying to sell hamburgers and French fries. The Middle Eastern restaurant isn't trying to sell, I don't know, Italian food. So everyone has to have a value proposition. You have to do the same thing. And the moment you see yourself not having that value proposition, and the other thing too is then in Indian food, there's different regions of Italy. There's in Chinese food, there's Sichuan, and there's all these different Cantonese and all these different brands of that. So you need to have a value proposition. And that's one of the things that when I say treating your career like a small business, that's something that a ton of people I uh, just aren't doing, and you need to do that in order to be successful. If you don't do that, you're not. You're just going to be part of the noise, and 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 that's most important. And then in terms of the technologies, the big thing is you find places that no one else is applied to. That's applying to. That's important. So that's how do you do that? You find firms that no one knows about, and, and and locations that no one knows about that do your kind of work. And I hope that is an answer that helps you, but that's going to help you in your value proposition. The more you stand for one thing, um, the better off you'll be Let me seeker. Okay. So this is the next question. How can we identify a niche specialization? That is this question. It's not only personally fulfilling, but also in demand within the current level job market. Okay. So you have to, you, a lot of this too is about asking questions about seeing what people are doing about networking, figuring out how people are doing things right and doing things in business. It's about about seeing what's in the market, it's talking to a lot of people. So the big problem that a lot of people make is they they go into their careers and they decide that for whatever reason, they want to do a certain type of law, they they want to do corporate law, they want to do real estate law, they want to do whatever just because maybe they had an interest in it at one point or they knew someone or whatever. And so in order to really do that, you need to get exposed uh, to, as, to as much as possible. You should be uh, reading. You should be trying to talk to lawyers doing different things. You should be going to talks and you need to get um, into a lot of different things that to learn that stuff. But I will tell you a couple of points and that I think are important that to guide people in terms of uh, your practice area and what you want to do. And this may help you, it may not, but I think this is something that I tell a lot of people. So you have you have transactional attorneys, attorneys, and then you have, then you transactional. so I don't know how to spell, actional attorneys, and then you have, jeez, you have transactional attorneys, and then you have litigation, I guess litigation. And then I'll talk about this a little more. And then you have, and you have attorneys motivated by serving others, supporting the companies, et
0: cetera. And then,
1: those, then they're serving people. So these are just some examples, and I'll explain this all to you in a minute, why, why I'm giving you this information. And this is so you can understand what you'll do well in, and this is why I'm telling you all this. Okay, so transactional attorneys are people that do things like real estate. They do corporate. They may do, I don't know, different type of transactional related things. So transactional, I'll just show you real quick here. Would be out of these practice areas, all these corporate things, uh, would be transactions, bankruptcy, It's not related to things. It would be all these corporate things. It would be data privacy transactional. It would be transactional electric power. It would be environmental land use, transactions and compliance, it would be finance, it would be So you get the idea. So anything that's transactional is going to be different than is doing transactions. And then people that like doing that, that's documenting things and being careful, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what that is. And then you have litigation. That's, you know, what is litigation related? Litigation related is going to be, when you get into this stuff, it's just so you can just see again, it's going to be data privacy litigation. It's going to be construction litigation and you have plaintiff and defendant. And then it's going to be so you can just see all of these things. Then you have litigation. Look how, and I just want you to get a sense. And this is what I do all day, by the way, if anybody's interested in this kind of stuff, very people are, but I look at attorneys, I categorize them. And, uh, but then you have litigation, all these different types of litigation. It's just It's huge. I mean, there's so much uh, in litigation. So here's my point. My point is you have litigation related, fighting, et cetera, and then fighting with words, and then you have transaction. So, from your, for your standpoint and for everyone's standpoint, so you understand where's your natural fit, people that like math and science, math, science, et cetera, tend to do better at transactional work than that tends to be where they gravitate towards naturally. Meaning if they're given the choice between doing a math problem and writing a short story or arguing a point or something, they would much prefer to do the math problem or the other one, depending on the litigation related and so forth. And so, so these tend to be verbal things, which are like English, languages, you get the idea of English, political science, et cetera, psychology, all those kind of things. So, whatever you're best at, you will gravitate towards one thing. So, your practice area should be related, hopefully, to being either a transactional attorney or a litigation attorney. So, you have those two different paths. So, that's very important. Like, how do you choose? what you're interested in. It's only going to be personally fulfilling to the extent that you're doing something. So I would hate to sit down and write transactional documents for the rest of my career. That would, it would be suicidal level dislike. That doesn't mean that's, that's just me. Litigation is exactly uh, up my alley. So uh, that's exactly what I like or anything to do with litigation or writing and coming up with clever work. That's what I like. So you are either one or the other most people. So you need to pick a transactional litigated practice area. Now, within those practice areas, um, you have people that are motivated by working for others. So what does that mean? People feel important working on behalf of a big corporation or represent feel important. They important working for important people. So that's a big deal to them. They feel they want their servants, they want to help the, they want to help the companies and they want that or the big businesses and things that they're working for that gets them turned on and excited. They feel like a big deal and um, that they like They feel like they're able to protect people or companies, and that makes them excited. People will either be motivated by others that are more important, or sometimes people are motivated by less important. which should be personal injury and all that sort of stuff, or criminal. And so you have to go, you have a motivation to to work for people, or you have a motivation to work with people that are less important, you or people that are more important, and you just have to understand that. And then you also have, are you independent? Independent, meaning, do you want to do things on your own or are you, do you want to be around others? Work collaboratively. So that means, do you want to be your own boss and do you want to just have every, all the attention come to you or do you want? So these are your three things that you need to look at when you're choosing something. So you have transaction related or litigation related. That's the first thing. So you have to decide what box you're going to go there. And a lot of times, people that are unhappy are just in the wrong, they should be doing trans, they should be doing litigation and they're transactional, they should be doing whatever. And then working for others, that's the second point. So are you gonna be happier basically helping others and being there in terms of the more important and you're gonna pick up the pieces for them and advise them and they're gonna call you on the phone and ask you legal questions and you're gonna feel important doing that? Or are you gonna wanna help uh, people uh, that are injured and criminals and stuff? And then are you going to be, do you want to be independent or do you want to be around others? So all of these choices will have a bearing on what you should be doing. And you need to pick something that matches that. And so a lot of people don't give this any thought. When I was working in the summer, my second year, when the law firm was going to make offers, they were basically saying, are we going to make the offers for people that are in, do you want to be corporate or do you want to be this? And if I'd stayed with that was near a firm, I would have had to have been I would have had to have been a corporate attorney. And that doesn't match what I like to do. So you have to decide what practice area you want to be in. And then you have to decide if it makes you happy. Then you decide what kind of clients you want to work for. And then you decide how you want to work. Do you want to have your own firm and be independent? Or do you want, or do you want to be around others? And those are the three decisions. So that is how you decide what specialty you want to be in. And regardless of what you choose, uh, there's always work. There's plenty of work. You just have to know how to Uh, the ways I was showing you, find places to work and and find the right places, pretty much uh, how it works. Okay, this is a good question. I appreciate all these questions a lot, by the way, because these are um, really helping a
0: lot of people. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on submit resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today.
1: So that's going on there. Okay. So next question. What does marketing look like? Is it simplest as sending an email and making connections to attorneys? No. So marketing, and I answered that earlier, sorry. You have this, if ineffective marketing, and then you have effective marketing. So you, marketing is basically uh, making sure uh, that you get yourself out there. So you have to, you have to figure out how to market your service and, and what's the best way of doing it. Is it look at all the things that companies do to get attention our businesses to get attention for themselves. They send things in the mail. They, just the time I've been sitting here in the past 20 minutes, I've gotten three robo calls or something. It's, and So people will do all sorts of things, but you have to do things effectively. So basically package your product. You say, this is what practice here I'm in. This is what my expertise is in. And then you start nothing wrong with applying to jobs on LinkedIn. and Indeed, that's something that you should do. There's nothing wrong with applying to openings. There's nothing wrong to any of this stuff, but effective is going to be doing things other people aren't doing. So it's applying to places without openings. And there's, in most markets, hundred of these places. So no one is doing this. So why wouldn't you market yourself to someone that's not being marketed to as opposed to someone that's getting a lot of marketing? Don't you stand a better chance of getting a job and finding a good place if you're marketing to places there? actively seeking things, just think about it. If someone walked into my office and said, Hey, I really want to be a legal creator. Like I've dreamed about it since I've been young. Would you give me a shot or something? I would say, hell yeah, but no one's ever done that. Well, actually one person did. People just don't think like that. They think in terms of their ego and how it's going to look and all this stuff. So applying to places without openings, dropping your resume off or sending it through the mail and not email. That's huge. If someone sends me a letter like of their resume. I haven't seen one of those in 10 years, but if I got one, I would look at it and put it on my desk and think, maybe is there some way I can use this person? And then Law Crossing, again, full disclosure, it's my company, but only thing it does is it goes out and advertise and looks for jobs that are advertised. It finds them on their website or little bar association things and sites and stuff. So these are jobs that are not typically getting a lot of applications. So that's very helpful. And then effective would be doing things like I told you, writing articles and or papers or finding things written by others and all these sorts of things and finding a hungry market. That's what marketing looks like. Marketing is not saying, hey, can I work for you with that email? Marketing is crafting a message that works and getting people's attention. That's it. So if you do that effectively, then you market, it's just that's what it looks like. And I really wish people would do that. And Because so many people just don't get jobs or aren't, or, getting um enough of what they should do it's crazy I love IP and love to stay but I'm underemployed and just move on the only callback back would have was for something completely out if uh, they offer me a job should I take it should I hang in there and looking for something in IP or the ship how badly could what it going to feel completely unrelated it's good question so let's talk a little bit about IP so I again this person says I love IP I'd love to stay it, but I'm underemployed and desperate to move on. The only callback I've had is for something completely unrelated. If they offer me a job, I will take it. Should I hang in there, keep looking for something IP, or should I jump ship? How badly would going in a completely unrelated field affect me? Okay, so IP, I want to tell you a couple of things about IP. So in IP, you typically have, I'll just tell you, trademark, then you have patent, hard science, which is like physics and stuff, and then you have patent there's patent prosecution hard science and then you have life science which is biochemistry and you have hard science which is going to be electrical engineering and this is actually interesting for you just i just want to show you because this may save you your freaking career what i'm going to tell you right now patent and you have patent lit is the same thing you have hard science and soft science i guess i would just say ip lit. And then and I guess you could say, sorry, I'm kind of excited we're having a rainstorm here in Los Angeles. We haven't had one of those years or not years, months. Okay. It's pet litigation. Then you have, what else do you have? And then you have licensing. Okay. So let me, and then you have, and then also, then you have, I just, I want to make sure everyone understands the landscape of IP because a lot of people want to go into it and they don't know what the hell is going on. Then you have people, bachelor's degrees in sciences, then you have people with sciences or with computer, et cetera. I would say, or sciences, a could be sciences, math. You have people with master's, PhDs. And then you have people admitted to the patent bar, which I'm not even going to explain to people how you have to do that, but you have to have basically in the science, then not admitted. Okay, so what I think is insane is there are LLM programs out there that will take anyone that will give you an LLM in intellectual property law. Completely insane. So let's talk about IP for a minute. And and if that's a good fit for you, because I have no idea who you are or what you're doing. So trademark copyright is very difficult because it's really the only practice area that, you know, that it's, anyway, it's the only practice area that you don't need to be a patent. You're going to miss the patent bar for. And you also have transactional litigation. But the problem with trademark and copyright is the non-transactional, which should be litigation. So the problem with trademark and copyright is a lot of times it's dependent on uh, the economy. So the economy, if it's busy, will be, there'll be a lot, there'll be a lot of new businesses starting. So this will be uh, going on. But if the economy's not busy, the trademark and copyright attorneys all lose their jobs. So it's a very risky practice area to be in. And the litigation is can be steady in some firms, but in others it can't. So trademark and copyright is a very difficult thing. The other thing is that most fees, most fees are in this in in this practice area are sort of area, are, are piecemeal. So meaning someone does a, a trademark or copy or you know copyright or a trademark, they might charge them a thousand dollars or whatever and, and then they renew it, but it's not, it's very difficult for attorneys to make a living in trademark and copyright. There's not a lot of work in firms. It's just a very difficult thing. And It's not impossible, but it's extremely difficult to have a career doing that. You can. There are people that do, but it's very difficult. Then you have patent prosecution. So this is something that is actually a good practice area. You can do well. There are almost always jobs for people that do this because it's very complex. It takes a lot of education. The work is hard. It requires a lot of concentration when you're doing it. And the patent prosecution jobs are typically in hard sciences or life sciences. So this is really one of where it's at to fry Pete, but you have to be admitted to the patent bar. In order to be admitted to the patent bar, you have to you have to be you have to have a bachelor's in some sort of science and then you have to and preferably if you want to do well at it, you have to have a master's degree, a PhD to get the best jobs. And this is and the people that will do the best in, in prosecution and get the most jobs are the people that that have the highest degrees. So do you have... So what I'm saying, why it's so insane that there's these LLM programs and stuff is the only way that you're gonna get a a decent position. Trademark's almost very difficult. Patent prosecution is very difficult because you have to have all these degrees and then you will be graded throughout, basically throughout your career based on if you have a master's or PhD. So a lot of times life science is the hardest. Firms will basically, we're not hiring anybody without a PhD in this bio or chemistry or whatever. So if you don't have a PhD or SOL, and then you have patent, then you have patent litigation. So patent litigation is also the companies want people to be admitted to the patent bar and also have a master's or PhD now. So there's certainly a lot of places you could do patent litigation in the patent bar, but a lot of people, a lot of big companies, they expect their patent litigators to have that. So this is how difficult it is to get into IP. You can't just say, I want to do IP. If you get into IP, you're going to be part of this whole class structure where the best attorneys are going to all be admitted to the patent bar. Where if you're in the patent litigation, in order to get the best work, you're going to need to be in the patent bar and have some hard science. It's just very difficult. You can say, I love IP, but this is what it is. If you want to be competitive, you're going to need to have all of this type of experience. And that's really where it's at. And so if you don't have it, that's a problem. Now licensing is a little different. But also, again, that's something where there's just not a lot of work. So you want to go into patent litigation, you're going to need to have a scientific background most of the time. You want to do patent prosecution or you want to do all this is the world. And so if you do not have one of these backgrounds, it's very difficult to get into IP. So these are the people you're competing with. If you have that, then all patent prosecutors, if you get them into the patent bar, someone will hire you. It's very difficult work. Hire small firm there's firms and three people aspen colorado that do patents for Microsoft and amazon doesn't you can always get a patent prosecution job trademark is very dependent on the economy that the work is piecemeal because so very difficult for firms to have ongoing work but they can pay you and then most of this whole ip world is dominated by people with degrees in the sciences and phds and stuff so all i'm saying is anybody that wants to go into ip should know this is the world they're getting into. And if you can't compete with these degrees and stuff on this level, it's probably not a career decision. I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm not saying that to ruin your dreams. But I've seen so many people that come out I want to be an IP and they don't that would be me saying what would be an example. I want to I want to play an example. I want to fly commercial airliners. Yeah. I could probably learn how to do it, but I'm going to be competing with people that were in the Navy and have more hours in the Air Force and are able to, it's, you have to go into something where you're going to be competitive as all. Well. And I'm not trying to be rural rude. I'm just saying this is the world. That's,
0: That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.